Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Songs of Christmas, Zachariah's Song, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on December 3rd, 2017. Don't you just love it to be able to say Merry Christmas? I just, I don't know what it is. It's just a, it's a season of joy, of hope, of peace, of love. You know, this is the Advent season. Today is the beginning of, I don't know if you guys do an Advent calendar or not. There's a couple out there that I don't know who brought them, but thank you whoever shared those with us, if you want to grab one on your way out. But it's just this season, this time of year that, that for whatever reason, it brings change to our hearts, doesn't it? It kind of gets us a little giddy. You like that word giddy? That's a big word. I get giddy every now and then. There you go, giddy up, I like it. Well, this year, many of us will venture out and we'll do a lot of things in this season. Um, I know many of us will go shopping and do a lot of things with family and friends and, and spend time. And what happens a lot of time in, at this time of year is as we think about all the people around us, as we get excited about the season, um, we tend to kind of uh, begin to plan and, and, and decide and discover what we're going to give each other, right? We, we think about gifts and presents and all those good things that come along with this time of year, which is pretty wonderful. And we'll end up uh, sometimes over spending on those little gifts that many of us will end up re-gifting. Isn't that correct? <laughs> Darn it, huh? It's like, I got to get them something so that they can give it to somebody later, right? Well, someone did a survey recently and they, they asked people what they felt about re-gifting. And about 83% of people said that re-gifting was okay. Would you guys agree with that? Yes, hey, amen to that. Thank you. Just so you know you're what you're getting this Christmas, right? <laughs> Might be what you gave me last Christmas. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. As long as you're okay with it though, right? Well, what's interesting about this time of year is we tend to do that. We tend to kind of change our focus and, and kind of think about the things that really aren't as important as they should be and, and kind of take our eyes off of the prize and the true gift. And so what I wanted to do is just kind of help us for the holiday season is give us some rules for this time of year in the essence of understanding about uh, a little more about re-gifting, okay? And I found these online and uh, here's a couple of rules that I wanted to share with you. One is never re-gift anything meaningful or handmade. So that little cup that your kid made you, don't re-gift it, okay? It's going to break his heart later on down the road, all right? Um, only re-gift outside your circle of friends, hint there, all right? Because it does get around. Word travels fast, you know? Uh, only re-gift brand new items. Have you ever gotten an old item re-gift? Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I guess he didn't want that anymore. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I was okay with it. I took it. So, yeah, I know. That's all right, Jeff. I still love you. I wasn't going to mention names, but since you brought it up. <laughs> when we re-gift, we got to make sure that we re-gift thoughtfully. Make sure we kind of think about the person, you know, and, and it, you know, really make sure it's something that they'll use and want, not just give it away. This is my favorite one. Never re-gift food. Have you ever done that? <laughs> fruitcake. Fruit there you go. You know, that was the first thing that came to mind was fruitcake. But the second thing was, uh, for years, our small group had a Christmas party. It was a white elephant gift exchange. And for about three, four, five years, maybe even longer, there is this jar of pickled cauliflower. 
that just passed around forever. Yeah. And you know that, that person, that first person that got that said, hey, I'm saving this. <laughs> I'm going to use this. Remember that guy that offended me, right? Well, there's some rules to that, but I'm sure we've all learned a lot through our re-gifting and hopefully that and these few tips will be helpful to us as we enter into this holiday season, especially as, as we think through our, our gift giving. So this morning, what I'd like to do is, is I want us to think about our gifts. I want to think about the things that we give and look to the ultimate gift, Jesus Christ. See, when I was a kid, um, I always looked forward to my aunt's gifts. She lived in another state and she would send these gifts to us every year. It was, I mean, it was like clockwork. We knew they were coming and they were always the greatest gifts. You know, we, we waited in anticipation for this precious gift, you know, from our aunt. And it was always just this cool toy or a cool thing. She always got it right. You know, this time of year, as we think about our gift giving, you and I have been given a gift. And there should be this, this anticipation and this excitement of understanding and knowing about this gift. And you know who I'm talking about, right? It's Jesus Christ. You know, I think what happens at this time of year is people kind of start to change their focus. They start thinking about all these things. And like I said earlier, God begins to kind of change our hearts a little bit. I found some kind of interesting statistics for us as a church that I want us to kind of chew on in regards to this time of year and the opportunity that we have to give gifts, to give the gift to Jesus Christ. You know, they did some statistics, uh, came through Lifeway, and it says that 18% of Americans attend, attend church during the year. So 18% of Christians are usually go to church at least once a month. But for whatever reason, at Christmas time, that number increases to about 47% of Americans as a whole. That's a pretty big jump, don't you think? That's a, that's a huge, that's what, two, two and a half times? Uh, if I did my math right, of course I'm from APS, so no promises there. <laughs> Apologize for that. I love you, Janice. You're a great teacher. Well, another survey tells us that about 77% of the people, they asked them this question, 77% of these people that they asked this specific question because they decided to go a little deeper. They said, why do you go to church at Christmas time? And you would think that there would be all these responses and there was a few other responses, but 77% of people said, we go to church at Christmas time to honor Jesus. Isn't that cool? Isn't that, that's pretty darn cool, I thought. You know, because most of us, we think we go to church to honor our moms or our dads, you know. We, we go to honor our family or someone made us go or, you know, it's kind of what we do once a year, part of our, you know, Christmas tradition, we go to church. But I thought that, that, that survey really helped us to kind of understand something as the church when we think about gifts, and the gift that we'll share at this time of year and the opportunity that we have as the body of Christ. See, we know that our gift is given to us every week, 52 weeks of the year, that we come and we seek to honor Jesus every time we gather together as the body of Christ, right? That's our heart, that's our intent, that's what we come together as, united in Jesus' name, is to honor Jesus Christ. So when we come to church, when we gather together as a church, we do what it says in Psalm 104. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We give thanks to him and we say, blessed 
be his name. We give glory and honor to God. We just did that a few moments ago in the, in the songs that we sang, you know. Blessed is Jesus' name. Great is his name. You know, we give him praise. We bless him. See, we are to gather together with thanksgiving and praise for the God that created us and loves us. See, he loves us, so we come together and we, we love him back. We offer this praise and this thanksgiving. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I love to sing. I, I just, I love to sing. I sing in the car. In fact, I, I may have shared this with you before, but there was this one time I was driving down the road and a Jesus song was on and I was singing it top of the line. I mean, I didn't care who was looking, you know. I got little tinted windows, but they can still see me. You know, I, I was singing, I was praising, and for whatever reason, I kind of, I had my phone on my little console in the middle there and I looked down and it had my friend's name and I had accidentally dialed his number. <laughs> So you know what I did? I just hung up. <laughs> he never questioned it. I never questioned it. <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, this time of year, God, God puts, a, puts a song in our hearts, right? You know, I, I, I love to sing. And there's a reason behind those songs. There's a reason, you know, why we sing these praises, why we offer God our blessing and our worship and our thanksgiving. You know, it's a song in our heart. And, and over the next few weeks, as we enter into this season, we're going to go through a series that we just simply are calling the Songs of Christmas. We're seeing some very specific individuals in the Gospel of Luke that God has used and done some amazing things. And because of that, they are thankful and they have this song and they're singing it loud and they're proud and they have no inhibitions and they don't care if they just dialed one of their friends. You know, they just want to sing this praise to God. And so my prayer is, as we go on this journey together over the next few weeks, is that we would start to seek and understand true gift giving and what this season brings and what it presents for us as opportunity to offer this gift, Jesus Christ. And offering it through this song of praise, this thanksgiving, this worship that is in our heart that God has given us because of the things that he's done for us the coming Messiah, the one that has come. Will you pray with me before we read our passage? Father, we thank you this morning for your love and for your grace. Lord, with anticipation, we gather together celebrating what you have done for us through Jesus Christ. With anticipation, we are thankful and excited for the gift that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that as we go on this journey that you would just put a song in our hearts, a song of praise and thanksgiving for all that you've done, all that you are doing, and all that you will continue to do in our lives, Father. As we see what you've done throughout history, as we hear the words of this man, Zechariah, that sings this song of praise for a wonderful gift, Lord, that you would stir our hearts and that you would put that song in our hearts, Lord, and we would sing it loudly, and that we would sing it proudly, with no inhibitions, Father, and that we would share this gift. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you would turn to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, 
And we're going to spend the next few weeks in the first couple of chapters. So if you guys want to kind of read it on your own um, over the next couple of weeks, you're welcome to do it. Read it over and over. Just pray through it a little bit. But this morning, we're going to look at this guy they called Zechariah. He was a priest, and he had an opportunity and a moment, and God used these moments in a very special way. And because of the things that God did in Zechariah's life, he sings this song of praise starting in chapter 1, verse 67 through 79. And I want to read that together this morning. He says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. See, this man, Zechariah, has offered us some great encouragement through this song of blessing. What he is singing is a song of praise, a song of joy for what he has been given, this special gift. And we know that he is thinking about his son John, John the Baptist, the one that we know that, that has come before Jesus and he prepares the way, sharing the gospel, the good news of the coming Messiah, helping us to know and understand that Jesus has come. And he has this song, this song of praise, this thanksgiving. And in that song, he gives us some reminders, some things that, that we can understand in regards to who Jesus is and why he came. And it's simply this, is that, that we can understand that Jesus came with a purpose. See, God had a plan. God sent Jesus for you and I with a purpose. And there's a few things that we can, we can see here in this passage, in this song. One is that, that Jesus pays the price for sin. If you look again at verse 68, it says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. See, God is with us. He has come. He is amongst us. And he came to save us. See, Jesus paid the price for our sin. He has come to redeem you and I from the sin that holds us, that keeps us, that separates us from God. The other thing that we see here in verse 69 is that Jesus is the power of salvation. I love this part, that he is the power of salvation. In verse 69 he says, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now you hunters, because I know we have a lot of hunters here in the church, when you hear that passage, it's just got to make you perk up, right? 
Because you got to think about the symbol of a horn and the significance of it. And I, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit uh, ignorant when it comes to hunting, but I know a little bit from what you guys have shared. But you want the guys with the big horns, right? You want the 20 the horned guys? Did I say that right? Help me out here, Mark. <laughs> I figured I'd get close enough and you'd get the picture, right? See, Jesus here is the horn of salvation. He is the symbol of strength and of power. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that cool? That Jesus is the symbol of this, the horn of our salvation. He is the mighty savior. He is the one that we look to in all things, for all things. He is our rock, our salvation. He is the cornerstone of everything that God has ever done and ever wanted to do and is continually doing in your life and in my life. He is who God is building upon. He is the head of the church and he guides the body. I love what it says here in Romans chapter one, verse two through four. It says, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want you to think about that word Lord. And we talk about salvation here, but I want you to think about Lord because as a part of salvation, as a part of Jesus's redemptive qualities, a part of what Jesus came to do, we have to understand that there is power and when there is power, there is authority. See, when we, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we give Jesus the authority. We give him the power. We call him Lord. See, Jesus is the power of salvation. And the next thing we see here in verse 71 is, is that Jesus is our victory. See, if Jesus has the power, if he is the rock, if he is the cornerstone, then absolutely we work from victory. See, because Jesus is victorious. The God of, of heaven and earth came and he showed us his victory. He revealed to us these things. And in verse 71, he says that we, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. You know, that's a, an interesting verse right there just because if you think about the time that the Israelites were in and the struggles that they faced, it's really, many of us would think it's a, a more of a reflection of just a practical way of living because they were in the midst of some turmoil. People were against them as they are today. But I, I think there's a, a spiritual application here also. See, what they're saying, is, what he's saying, Zechariah is saying is that God will deliver his people from any tyrant, any force, anything that would come against them, that he would deliver us from our enemies, those who hate us. All right, so fast forward to 2017. I want to ask you, who, who's our enemy? Who, who hates us? Satan. Wow, did you see my notes? I cheated, darn it. I'm going to stop leaving my Bible around. Darn it. Exactly, Satan. He's our enemy. 
See, even Satan, when Jesus came, if you look at the gospel of Matthew chapter four, we see that, that Jesus was taken out to the wilderness, led by the spirit of God, and he was tempted by Satan. And the reason why Satan tempted Jesus was because he hated us. Because he is our enemy. And he knew that Jesus came with a purpose and a plan. And he knew that if Jesus fulfilled that plan, then who would have victory? Jesus. You and I. See, our enemy is sin and death. Jesus' enemy is sin and death. And we should look upon sin with hatred. See, we should have a very strong emotion when it comes to sin. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. See, Paul tells us who our enemy is. So you and I, we, we might have people that we really don't like or maybe don't like us. People that maybe we label as our, our enemies, you know, whether they're in the workplace or sitting right next to us. Just kidding. Sorry. Just joking. I know you guys love each other. You love each other. But Paul's reminding us that, that it's not man that's our enemy. See, because man will sin. Man will do things against us. Man will hurt our feelings. Man will come against us and they'll say things and they'll do things to try and hurt us. But man in itself is not our enemy. It's the sin that is our enemy. See, that's why God tells us to love our enemies. To love those that, that we think are in opposition to us because he sees the humanity. He sees the person. And he wants us to love the person but he never says love the sin. He never says rejoice in the sin. He never says give thanks for the sin. See, because sin is our true enemy. It's not man. It's not that guy that you work with that maybe yells at you all the time. It's a sin. That's our enemy. And that's what we should oppose and that's who we should oppose. See, sin is our true enemy. And this is what happens. And this is the purpose. Because sin is our true enemy, Jesus came. And he came with this purpose, to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. By a show of hands, how many are perfect? There you go. Amen to that. In Christ. Key words right there. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We're all unrighteous. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the harder we work at it, doesn't it seem like the harder we fall? You know, the, the better we think we want to become, the worse we kind of realize we are. See, Jesus came. He came to cleanse us from this unrighteousness. It's in his holiness in Jesus' righteousness that we are made whole. See, there's the purpose right there. In verse 77 through 79, as he sings this song, he talks about his son 
And his son is going to prepare the way for the coming Savior. And he says this. He says, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. See, Zechariah is telling us that God did not visit this planet. He didn't come to earth to simply see how we are doing. He already knew how we were doing. And that's why he came. That's why Jesus came. See, we were in trouble and he came to save us. And that's what Christmas is all about. That's why we say, Merry Christmas. Amen. Amen. That's the song that you and I can sing. It's okay. See, Jesus is the song in our hearts. Jesus is the reason why we sing so joyfully at this time of year and every time of the year, 52 weeks of the year, because our salvation is there. He gives us an understanding of what that is and what that means. It's interesting because I didn't do this, but someone counted, thank goodness for Google. Someone counted, and there are no less than 456 prepared signs in the Old Testament that point us to Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus has fulfilled all of the prophecy, all of the things that were ever said about the coming Messiah. Jesus has already done and continues to do. See, Jesus is our gift. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. So this morning, I want you to think about this. We're going to sing a couple more songs here in just a little bit of, of praise. But before we do that, I want you to think about this. Do you realize that in these moments, and in this time, and in this day, there are many people around you that need this gift. Well, it's up to us, people, church. It's up to us to share that gift. This is one of those things where it says to re-gift, to make sure you do it in reflection of who those are. We should share this gift with everybody that we meet. We should sing this song of praise with everybody that we encounter. See, you and I have been given something so amazing, so, so awe-filled that we shouldn't help but to share it and sing it and, and talk about it and, and tell people about it. And the challenge is up to us. Because remember, this time of year, more and more people want to come to church. But the question we have to ask ourselves is when they come, what will they see? Now, I'm not picking on the church as a whole, but what I am saying is that, that we do have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to help people discover who Jesus is. And if we know Jesus today, if Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, then let's take advantage of every opportunity to do that. Let's share this gift with those around us. I want to ask you, how is God's Spirit moving in your heart? 
And what is he telling you? Is there a song that you need to sing? A song that you need to share? Will you bow your heads with me? I just want to spend the next few moments and as we sing these last couple of songs, I just want to take the time to to reflect because God has given you a gift and it's it's his son Jesus Christ. And if you haven't received this gift, if, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you with your head bowed and your eyes closed, will you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that he came to redeem you, that he came to save you, that you would call him Lord. Will you sing the songs, the song of Christmas, blessing his name with your life? See, when you do that, and as you do that, you do it for the glory of God. You do it for your joy and his glory. I just want to take a few moments as we kind of close here and pray. I I just want you to just, I'm going to be quiet for a few seconds. I want you just to to spend time praying, thinking about those that that need this gift, thinking about those that, that need to hear this song, the songs of Christmas. Pray for them, lift them up whether it be a family member, whether it be a neighbor, whether it be a co-worker, whether it be an enemy. Just take a few minutes and and quiet. Let's just bow before God. Father, you know our hearts. You know the things that we desire. Father, you know the things that we struggle with. You know our sin. You know everything about us. Lord, as you hear our cries, as you hear our requests to you, Father, we pray that that you would answer us. We pray that that you would guide us. We pray that that you would help us to be strong and courageous, that we would help us to, to sing this song of praise. Lord, as we understand the salvation that you've given us, as we begin to go on this journey, as we walk with you, as we walk in step with your spirit, Father, Father, that we would just take advantage of every opportunity that we have to share the hope, the love, the joy, the peace that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you are holy and you are worthy of our praise. Father, we bow our hearts, we bow our lives, we bow all that we are to you. Lord, we bow it before you. And we ask, we ask, Father, please. Lord, we thank you so much for your love for us and the grace that you've given us, the hope that we have for a new day, 
the mercies that we find in your presence, the grace and the love that you've offered us through your son, Jesus Christ. But as we sing these last songs to you, these songs of praise, these songs of surrender, songs of hope and love, Father, I pray your blessing upon us as we just walk with you, as we live for you and we give our lives to you in full surrender. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.